previously on Gentleman's Talk. Culture change, he picked it up, and they, they started to look like a team that was destined to do something. Oh, yeah. They were making a run. Yeah, and Staley got to relax on the going forward on fourth down all the time. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, if you if you're a gambling man and you play percentages, percentages say don't punt the ball. <laughs> I mean, yeah, unless you got a, you know, unless you're the Ravens. And you have, like if you if you if you only need, I think it was like if you only need three three or less yards, it was like a fifty five percent. Bring up Duncan Robinson because mean, when he shows up, you just know what's gonna happen. This is like, and then remember we we just talked about Caleb Martin. Yes, you know who got a twin brother who plays for um for the Hornets now. So yes. it's like. It's just a recipe for this Heat team to make a deep run. Like it won't surprise me if you if you get like if you get Bucks and and Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not shocked. And then boy, that's gonna be a series. And I hope it goes seven. I d I just do. You know. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Episode three is in the building. I am your boy, Mr. GQ. I am your boy, DJ Mike B. Like I'm alone, I feel like I'm unknown to the world that's full of clones. My originality's focused on principalities broken. I'm loaning my heart and soul to the game that's scared to pay it back. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome to the show. We are here. We live. Episode three. Let's get it. Let's talk about these playoffs. Well, let's get it. So tonight, we just had Philly knocking off Toronto in overtime with James Harden fouling out. Yeah. I see that look on your face. Yes, James Harden fouled out. And your boy Danny Green got a text. Danny Green? What? I said what I said. <laughs> what kind so, of game was this? Goodness. Before we get into all that craziness, let's get this shot knocked out. Oh, yeah. Crown Apple and Peach for the win. Yes, sir. Mm. Gotta love it when he hit that spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, basically, so, yeah, the Sixers are now 3-0. So, it looks like, uh, yeah, looks like uh, Operation Sweep <clears throat> might actually be happening. Joel Embiid hit the game, the game-winning three. So, he kind of got his little semi-Kawhi payback moment, you know, for Toronto. Yeah, but that image of him with the snot running down and all, it would never, that was Chris Bosh pitcher 2.0, bro. It would never go away in my mind. Hey, man, my man was passionate. That's all it was. He was passionate. He really wanted to He wanted to win. He wanted to go to the finals, and that mug bounce, 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 drop. Yeah, well, you know what? How about how about Joel just uh this year? Oh, that's, that's, why, he, that's why he's got my vote he, for MVP. He, he's been probably the most dominant center for this season since, since Shaq. Yeah, I, and like we talked about in episode one, I was like, yeah, I mean, Embiid, has, he's healthy. He has played his absolute ass off this whole season, and there's just no reason in my book that he does not get your MVP this year. Absolutely. So, let's go into this Boston and Brooklyn game that just concluded tonight. Boston won that game 114 to 107. So it was a hell of a game, needless to say. Jason Tatum did have a rough start. He right before right around halftime, he barely he only had I think he only had four points. Okay. So he, he played 41 minutes tonight. He ended up finishing with 19 points, uh six rebounds, 10 assists. Uh, Jalen Brown, 22 <clears throat> points, four rebounds, six assists. Your boy, defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, 36 minutes, 12 minutes. Marcus Smart, hey. Yeah, sorry, not 30. Um, he had 12 points, one rebound, five assists. Um, your boy, that boy, Williams, man. Dude has 17 points. He was hot in the first half. All right. He was All knocking right. down. He was first, on top of knocking down threes, he was also guarding KD. So it was... It was, it was a nice little back and forth. Let's look at these Nets numbers real quick. So KD played 42 minutes, dropped 27 points, four rebounds, five assists. Kyrie played 40 minutes, dropped 10 points, eight Ooh. rebounds, one assist. Uh, Brown dropped uh, 23 points, eight rebounds, four assists, and 38 minutes. Uh, looks like uh, Seth Curry 
had 31 minutes for 16 points, three rebounds, two assists, and your boy, Goran Dragic, 20 minutes, 18 points, four rebounds. So there was some efficiency going on in this game. For- uh, Not from the stars, apparently. <laughs> Obviously, because uh, Kyrie, I guess that $50,000 fine really got to him. Well, you know, I heard something interesting earlier today that I heard somebody on TV saying, I can't remember who it was. He said he picked Boston to win this series within five because he feels that Boston doesn't need their stars to perform like superstars every single night, but the Brooklyn Nets would to win this series. Which goes back to the original point that I made before. If Brooklyn wins this series, it's simply because they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Boston doesn't. True, but like I said when I put it out there, I said, look, man, this is this is Boston's series to win. Boston is, again, Boston is tried and true. Just like I said in episode one, they are tried and true. They've been tested. That core of Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those boys have been through it all together. And now they're putting it all together. I love it. Like, name me the last time KD had a consistent teammate outside of Golden State. I'll take your silence as nobody. Same with Kyrie. When is the last time Kyrie had a consistent teammate since LeBron? I guess Jason Tatum would be it. But Jason Tatum wasn't that consistent when he was there. But Kyrie was injured that season. So is that truly a consistent teammate? Because Kyrie himself was not there. He was there the second year when they lost in the second round. Well, the best ability is availability. Absolutely. (laughs) So what ended up happening? Boston said, all right, we don't need it. How about about all the out of all the players they've had at point guard, Scary Terry, Kyrie, Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas, Kimba Walker, they had their point guard the whole time in Marcus Smart. They just they truly when they saw they truly saw him as just a a Patrick Beverly type. Yep. Just a deep, I'm a play defense. You know, we watched him when he went to Oklahoma State. You know, he he had a pretty decent game offensively. Yep. He was a dog on defense. And he it's always like, has oh, been. And it's like Boston just was like, all right, we're gonna use him to play defense, lock up. You know, he might give us ten points, twelve points here or there. But it's the energy, it's the rebounding. It's I'll guard anybody if you give me a chance. And the man models his game after Gary Payton. I cannot believe I'm going to say this. Uh Uh-oh. But for once, with Defensive Player of the Year, the NBA got it right. I'm not even mad that Marcus Smart got it. Like I I wouldn't have been surprised if Rudy Gobert got it again. But I love that they gave it to only the second guard in history. Second guard. The first one to get it was Gary Payton. The second one, you see it, Marcus Smart. He even had posted it on Twitter, and he was like, I guess the only people that can get Defensive Player of the Year got to have the initials GP. And then all of a sudden, Gary Payton pulled up to Celtics practice and presented him with the Defensive Player of the Year, which I thought was fire. By the way, did you hear the story about that? Not all of it, but check this out. So I was watching the Celtics game earlier. This game was full of stars. Coach K was in attendance. Gary Payton was in attendance. All sitting courtside watching this game. That's how massive of a game this was tonight. And Brooklyn Blue. Well, you know what? Uh, Back to like the defensive player of the year thing real quick. I've seen people keep saying that Gary Payton and Marcus Smart are the guards to win it. But I'm guessing they mean just point guards. I'm guessing the same. Because we all know the great season that Michael Jordan had when he won MVP and defensive player of the year. Absolutely. So, so we're definitely, they definitely were talking about point guards. Yeah. Guards in general, obviously, there's been plenty of guards, but point guards. Yeah. Normally, their job is to bring the ball up the floor, pass the ball to the big man or to the shooter, keep it moving. They might average a double-double, like 10 points, 10 assists, maybe sprinkle in three or four rebounds, maybe two or three steals. Yep. That was your classic 
back in the 80s and 90s style point guard. Nowadays, your point guard will mess around and drop you a triple-double 30-point style. That man will give you a 30, 15, and 10, and you wouldn't even know what to do with it. So, we done talked about that game enough. Let's talk about this Grizzlies and Timberwolves game. Man. Shout out to the Timberwolves, man. man. Hey, they took a game. No, Timberwolves took game one. <laughs> they they dropped their game because in game two, man, Memphis had to be pissed. John Morant had to be pissed because not only did they take game two, they blew the Timberwolves out the gym with a score of 124 to 96. I didn't think there was any doubt in my mind that um <laughs> that Memphis was going to bounce back. Even at, even when Minnesota won the first game, in my mind I was like, they still don't stand a chance in this series. They and like listen. So check this out. So look look at the this is the this is the box score just from Memphis's side. Look how spread out this is. So Desmond Bain gives you thirty one minutes, sixteen points. John Moran gives you thirty minutes, twenty three points. Uh, Jaron Jackson gives you twenty seven points, sixteen minutes. I'm um, sixteen points. Clark gives you twenty one minutes, thirteen points. Tillman gives you twenty one minutes, thirteen points. Williams gives you nineteen minutes, thirteen points. Oh, and my bad. Jones gives you sixteen minutes and ten points. Look at all these players in double figures. Like that is absurd. And then you go over to the Timberwolves side. And you got, of course, Edwards gives you thirty four minutes, twenty points. Patrick Beverly gave you. A kind of pedestrian line, 29 uh, minutes, 6 points. Cat uh, gave you 28 minutes, but 15 points. Uh, D'Angelo Russell gave you 28 minutes for 11 points. And let's see. Oh, okay. You had Reed give you 20 minutes for 12 points. And Prince give you 17 minutes for 12 points. So your normal stars did not give you their normal production. What What did you think was the, the turning point in this series so far? The intensity of John Morant. The energy of John Morant. Because John Morant did not play his best game in game one. Yep. So when he when he posted that Jordan meme from game one about you know when Jordan lost that I knew where his brain was at. He was like I'm gonna come out of here and I'm gonna cut your I'm gonna cut your head off. That's it. And he came out with his fire. First of all, my man was throwing assists out there looking like Pistol Pete from back in the day. They was double teaming him. He was throwing the pass between two players. Beautiful plays in transition. Of course, his classic. Let me get up and dunk one time for the one time. Like, it was a sensational game all around by the Memphis Grizzlies. So, and Memphis know, could do one thing Minnesota can't. You know what that is? <clears throat> Memphis can actually stop Minnesota. Minnesota can't play defense. Not as well as Memphis can. So, we got to talk about this Suns and Pelicans game because uh, Pelicans stole him one. CJ, what's up, baby? What's up, McCollum? 125-114. But the biggest key of this whole game, Devin Booker in the hamstring injury. 31 points in the first half. He was cooking. But my man might be out for, it looks like, games three and four because his hamstring. But before we get to the hamstring, let's talk about how my man hit the Carmelo Anthony style one-legged three in the corner, fell to the ground, made the three, fist bumped the baby, and then got up and kept it moving. I thought that was fire. That, was that like, is fire. First of all, <laughs> that baby was in the screen with the little fist out, and everybody was like, "Uh, let me give it to you one time." Fist bumping the baby. I just love it because I wish that would have been my daughter. Because then I'd be like, "Bro, you got dapped up by Devin Booker. You don't even understand." But it didn't happen. But he, it's okay. he'll understand in a couple of years. Yeah. So let's look at these stat lines real quick so your boy bridges 40 points 19 points um chris paul 36 minutes 17 points uh deandre aiden 33 minutes 10 points uh jay crowder 27 minutes of pedestrian five points Devin booker had 31 uh points off of 25 minutes prior to the injury johnson gave you 26 minutes 11 points uh mcgee gave you 15 minutes but he gave you 10 points uh from the pelican side of the game you was talking about cj cj gave you 40 minutes 23 points uh jones gave you 41 minutes 14 points Ingram gave you 39 minutes, 37 points. Valentunas, your dog, 26 yep. minutes, 10 points. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. First of all, shout out to Larry Nance Jr. Hell yeah, man. Larry Nance has been balling this whole playoff series. Last night he gave, 
the 21 points. I mean, excuse me, 21 minutes, 13 points. I watched it in game one, and I was like, dang, I ain't seen Larry Nance. The last time I remember seeing him being any sort of relevant was when he played with LeBron in Cleveland. Yep, yep. And I was like, bro, Larry Nance still in the NBA? I didn't know that either. But in game one, I'm like, hey, despite them losing, Larry Nance played his tail off. Larry Nance, I believe, gave you double digits again. But I was like, bro, Larry Nance is out here getting it. I was like, okay. The man takes up well after his dad. Man, absolutely. So let's get to the highlight of the highlights for me personally being the Heat fan that I am. Damn. Shout out to my Miami Heat going up 2-0 on them Atlanta Hawks. My man Jimmy Buckets with a 45-point game, putting these Hawks away. Trey Young has been struggling, struggling. My man is sitting at the front of the struggle bus in this series right now. That's because he's playing against a defense that is well-known. Look, again, we both said Kyle Lowry was the most underrated signing in the offseason. Facts. Because now you have Kyle Lowry plus Jimmy Butler that are dogs on defense. So looking at these numbers, Trey Young gave you 41 minutes for 25 points. Uh, Hunter gave you 35 minutes for 16 points. Uh, Collins gave you 29 minutes for 13. Your boy Bogdanovich, though. That man has been trying his best to keep the Hawks in the game. He gave you 29 points off 28 minutes. Let's move on over to the Heat stat line. Jimmy Butler in 39 minutes gave you a 45. One time for the one time. My boy Struess gave you 14 points in 22 minutes. Tyler Hero kind of starting to find his groove a little bit. Gave you 15 points in 31 minutes. Vincent gave you 11 in 26 minutes. And Duncan Robinson, bro, I need you to show up. You play seven minutes and you put up a goose egg, my G. I don't like that. The shocker of like the game. Deadman, you did what I expected from you. You know what I'm saying? 13 minutes, six points, nine rebounds. That's all I need from you. Bam Adebayo, I do need more from you. You gave me 24 minutes. You gave me nine points, four rebounds, and three assists. I don't like that. You gave me a block, eh, but you have four turnovers. I don't really like that. Here's the crazy thing that I need you to understand about Jimmy Butler's 45-point game. Jimmy Butler has zero turnovers. Yeah. Zero. He had two steals. He was 11 of 12 from the free throw line, 4 of 7 from 3, and he was 15 of 25 from the field. That is an extremely efficient 45-point game, if I've ever heard, to not get a triple-double or even a double-double. But Jimmy Butler is that dude. Jimmy Butler has always been that dude. But crazy enough, I was watching and listening to Undisputed today, and Shannon Sharp actually said that Jimmy Butler, to him, is still not a superstar. He said he's just a star, an all-star at best. He considers your superstars, your Steph Curry's, your LeBron James, your Kevin Durant, your guys like that. So what do you feel? Before I put my fanboy in this, what do you feel when it comes to my man Jimmy Buck? I say, okay, like there is there is levels. I tell people all the time to me, superstars are the top five to 10 players in the NBA. Fair enough. Right underneath that, you have your franchise players. I put Jimmy Butler in the franchise player that can perform like a superstar in a series because Draymond said on his podcast, there are 82 game players and then there are 16 game players. And Absolutely. Jimmy Butler is a superstar in, a, in 16 wins. Yeah, we, in the playoffs. we've seen it. We seen him in the finals uh, yes. a couple years ago against the Lakers. Like That triple-double stat line. all on the court. Literally left it on the court. Yep. And I'm, I'm with you. I, I, as much as I really want to put him in that superstar category, you're right. It is that five to 10 guy and well really five if you if you talk about your superstars in the game it's got to be five I think anything more than five you start to dilute it a little bit but he is a franchise guy and he's a bona fide all-star yeah without question like there's no there's no question about either of those things and he arguably should have if he stayed a little bit more healthy probably would have been in the defensive player of the year discussion yep but I know he did miss a good amount of games the the foot injury the shoulder injury the knee injury like Jimmy Jimmy was beat up this year but we still got what we got from Jimmy and I ain't mad about it shouldn't be no 
So with that being said, how you feel about these games moving forward in the NBA? Uh, number one, let's go Heat. Uh, <laughs> white hot, baby. Hashtag white hot. I was just in Miami. Hey, the city was already buzzing for for the Heat. They they love them. I'm jealous because my man was in Miami and I was sitting my happy ass at home <laughs> doing dad things. Um, but I do. I, none of my picks have really wavered. I, I said Boston was going to win the series. I still think Boston is going to win the series. I said the Heat were going to win the series easily. I think I still think they're going to win the series easily. Pick Memphis. I mean, none of the pick. Nothing that happened. Even teams that are tied one. One right now, nothing changed. I picked, uh, I picked the 76ers to beat the Raptors, but I didn't think it was going to be a 3-0 series right now. No, I'm, I'm getting smoked on that regard because I ha actually did put, pick the Raptors. I, I went for the upset, and the Raptors ain't even won a game yet. Uh, Mavs and Jazz, even with Luka being out, I figured the Jazz could go up 2-0, but they're at 1-1 because uh, Jalen Brunson decided, I'm going to drive 41 on your head one time. Yep. And took care of business in that. Uh, Suns and Pelicans now. I had Suns in five, but this 1-1 series, it looks like it might be going to six. Yep. Uh, Heat Hawks. I had it going in five, but it might go four, depending on how Jimmy Butler feel. Uh, Warriors are up 2-0 uh, on the on the Nuggets, so oh, it looks like oh, we didn't even talk about Steph Curry. I think he's put up the most the most points in like the past twenty years in the least amount of minutes. I believe you're right on that. So we've had that, and they're up 2-0 on the Nuggets. So Jokic can only do so much. And we got the Grizzlies Timberwolves at one one. Uh, I had the Grizzlies in seven, so I won't be surprised if the series goes seven. And I also had the Celtics in seven, even though the Celtics are up 2 0. So we're going to see. Can Boston steal a game in Brooklyn? What you think? I think Boston will steal a game in Brooklyn. I think the series is going to come back 3 1. I do. And if Ben Simmons is listening somewhere by any chance, if you're healthy, you better get your ass on this court before y'all are out the playoffs. And now we're going to sit here and question Kevin Durant's legacy again. Like just the same, I keep that same energy with KD that people keep with LeBron. Absolutely. Keep that same energy. Like my man Ice Cube say, get your ass up and hurry up, Ben Simmons. Yup. All right, so we gave you a good 21 minutes worth of NBA talk. Let's get into this NFL stuff. We had a massive bomb drop down today. My man Debo said, let me be free. Requested a trade. Not demanded yet, just requested. Requested a trade from the Niners. After he wanted to keep, he wanted to be paid as the highest non-quarterback in the NFL. I do disagree with that part because I do not believe Debo should be commanding more money than an Aaron Donald, a T.J. Watt. I, I don't agree with that. Miles Garrett. Even I, I, I completely disagree. With I don't. That. I don't think he's the, the the best receiver. I mean, he's that's. I don't think he's the best receiver in the NFL. No, when they have him listed, he's kind of being listed more of your receiver running back combo. And I'm like, that's cool. But like I said, as far as non-quarterbacks go, I can't even put him in the conversation with those three. No. And the more and more I think about it, would you pay him more than your? Then would you pay Cooper Cup? Hell no. Would you pay him more than you would pay Devontae Adams? Mm. That's intriguing because I've seen I've seen Cooper Cup with Jared Goff, and they got to the Super Bowl. Would you pay him more than you would potentially pay AJ Brown? This is where the, the conversation gets interesting because now these are all guys who are who are up for contracts. That's why I'm throwing these names out. The um, after you know, start with AJ Brown. I would say I, I think I would just based on the fact that I can use Debo pretty much wherever I want to on offense. Would you pay Debo more than you would pay a guy like let's say Stephon Diggs? Man, you're getting some tough questions right now. Because I, um, I need your live after reaction. after Stephon Diggs season last year. No, but. Over Stephon Nick's body of work. I mean, what have you done for me lately is the is the question. So and, and because of how the market has already set Stephon Diggs is locked into a contract. So I think he would he would definitely make more money now just based on the market. Yeah. So I'm gonna throw one more curveball at you just because I'm feeling myself right now. So would you pay Debo more than you would pay these two players? Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. No and no. <laughs> no and no. All right. So I just I just wanted to hear. So 
Okay, so now that we know that Debo wants to get a trade, where do you think is the best fit, if it's not the Niners, for Debo? Um, right I would now, right now you've got the Packers, Texans, and Jets who have been in the in the mix, but is there an outside team that you can think of? No, my actually my team was gonna be Green Bay since they since they don't have Devontae Adams anymore. But if I could think uh I mean I'm selfish. I would want to see him with the Giants. I'm not gonna lie to you, but that's me just being selfish. Fair enough. <laughs> I like the mention of those teams. I do not like the Texans. That's just not a good fit. I don't actually like the fit in Green Bay either because Matt LaFleur's offense doesn't use receivers like Kyle Shanahan uses receivers like Debo, even though they're from the same coaching tree. So let me give you my dark horse, the New Orleans Saints, because now you got Jameis Winston, you got Michael Thomas, you got Taysom Hill, you got Debo Samuel, you got potentially... Jarvis Landry, who we'll talk about here in a minute. Now you're talking about an NFC South that might get real interesting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if you can sign Debo and Jarvis Landry. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I didn't think about the Saints because I didn't know the, the Saints cap situation. I kind of picked teams I knew that could afford a, a big deal. And so I, I don't know the Saints cap because I know they paid Michael Thomas. Yep. They paid Taysom Hill. Yep. Uh, they still have Alvin Kamara. Yep. And they paid him. I didn't I didn't know their uh and that whole def that defense is beast. Somebody's somebody's up to get paid too. And Jameis is on a one year deal. And well, yeah. So, but they can I'm, franchise him potentially. I mean, yeah, him. but you also can you know you can give up some draft picks, maybe dump a couple double contracts, and you you probably can make it work. Yeah. So speaking of Jarvis Landry, so Jarvis Landry visited the Saints today. I like the idea of it, but I want to get your thoughts. If not the Saints, who? If not the Saints, I'm going to say uh, da -da -da. my pick would have been Kansas City, but they already filled out pretty much their wide receiver depth chart. I wouldn't say filled it out. I mean, unless you consider Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling as filling out your receiving core in a loaded AFC West. I wouldn't. Con I wouldn't consider it like you should leave it like that. But I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to sign another wide receiver. If I'm Jarvis Landry, come on back home. Come back to Cleveland. Pair him with Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, Reem Hunt, Njoku, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Come back home. You talked about it. Hey, man, now you got a bona fide franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Yeah, trust me, and I know. And the Browns would welcome him coming back. So come on back. And you know what's even crazier? The Browns could low-key even sign a guy like Julio Jones to a small contract. Just imagine that. So now you don't need Julio to be a number one, not even really a number two, but you can let him be your number two and you can let Jarvis Landry kill it in the slot because you got Amari and you got Julio on the outside. You let Jarvis do his thing in the slot. Now look at it. Now, as a dark horse pick for Jarvis Landry, I would love to see him come to New England. We did sign Devontae Parker. Him and him and Jarvis do have a bit of a history. Speaking of the New England Patriots, I don't normally speak bad about my team. Of course. But today I saw something that legitimately upset me a little bit. Uh-oh. They did not retire Julian Edelman's number. They allowed Devontae Parker to wear number 11. I completely, 1,000% disagree with that. Um, it's very disrespectful knowing Julian Edelman was Tom Brady's right-hand man for a very, very, very good portion of all those Super Bowl runs. Not to mention, Julian Edelman made the, the, catch. <laughs> the greatest Super Bowl catch in NFL history. I'm not I'm not gonna go that far, because, but oh no, I am. You I'm can say the helmet far. catch all you want to, but the degree of difficulty No, I was gonna go with Tyler Lockett's, but look uh, the degree of difficulty on that catch to me was even greater than Tyler Lockett because Tyler Lockett got the chance to bounce that off his foot. Julian Edelman was surrounded by three Atlanta Falcons, and had he so much as 
blink, that ball touches the ground. At least with Tyler Lockett, when he kicked that, I say kicked it, touched it off his big toe, the ball was in the air. Julian Edelman's pass was going to the ground, and he barely, Tyler Lockett fell down. So <laughs> Julian Edelman was falling down hey, face first. Uh, hey, I, I, I still go with Tyler Lockett. Like we like we said earlier, sometimes it's better to be what lucky than good. <laughs> so do you have a dark horse team for Jarvis Landry? I do. Actually, I just picked a dark horse team. Um, even though I don't like the quarterback, uh, Julio Jones is basically gone from that team now. Facts. Tennessee. Mm, I like that. Jarvis Landry and A.J. Brown with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill. That's not bad at all. That's my dark horse That's, team. That, I like the way you operate. That's a very shrewd thought process you put in there. I like that. I can get down with that. While we kind of still on this NFL thing, let's let's talk about one more player who's a free agent that is yet to be signed. <laughs> oh man, I Tyron hope Tyron Matthew. Okay. Whoa, 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 what? Yeah, Tyron Matthew is still not signed. He visited the Saints. He has not been signed by a team. So talk to me. Where should Tyron Matthew go? New England. Why? You get to play for one of the, if not the greatest, one of the greatest coaches ever, one of the best defensive minds. And, and New England just lost, uh, oh my goodness, uh, to the guy to the to the Raiders. Uh, well, one, we lost J.C. Jackson, which is a huge loss for us. Absolutely. We lost Patrick Chung prior to the season because he retired. Yeah. So, I mean, we were just hurting. We've been hurting all around. I, st- I, I was I say New England. I now, mean. It's not bad, but Tyron Matthews is also getting older. You can get up there in age. He is also more than likely looking to play for a contender. So, with that being said, if I am Tyron Matthew, I am looking at a few teams. I would take a look at the Raiders Mm -hmm. because the Raiders have got to do something else on defense to keep up with the firepower of the Chiefs and the Chargers. I could even say he should look at possibly Cincinnati. Oh, that's a good fit. Cincinnati could use a young team like Cincinnati use a veteran guy like that but I got one more I'm gonna throw at you because it's highly possible because they've been doing this type of junk for the last couple years he could also end up with the Rams (laughs) because the Rams have become the New York Yankees of the NFL buying all the big names Speaking of buying all the big names, maybe the Cowboys are in the mix. You know how Jerry that Jones That wouldn't down. surprise me. But the question is, would would Tyron want to go play in Dallas, in that stadium with Dak Prescott? With no Amari Cooper now. Not even a not even a Cedric Cedric Wilson, because Cedric Wilson is in Miami now. So it's just Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, a, an aging Zeke, an aging offensive line, a Micah Parsons, barely a, any whatever's left of Leighton Van Der Esch at this point. Oh, and, and Trayvon Diggs. I'm not that high on Trayvon Diggs, but you know, whatever. Um You know, to each his own. Yeah, I, I understand the interceptions, but you know, uh, I, I I would uh, if I had any other team, I would stay in New England's division and say Buffalo. Go so join with Von Miller, huh? Yep, that would be very interesting. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. So, all right, we're not gonna look at that article. That was not. But so the draft is next next Thursday. Goodness. So I'm not. I don't know. I'm not sold on anything going on in this draft. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like I, the quarterback group, eh, not not as hot as other classes. It is a very deep receiving group. It's a very deep edge rushing group, and it's a very deep offensive defensive lineman group. But as far as your quarterbacks go, eh. This this draft, I'm going to say, would be a building block draft. You're not going to change your life, but you can take a step in the right direction. Especially if you're the Houston Texans and suck at drafting linemen. Here is your chance. Goodness. Yeah. At this point, bro, just just load up, load up. Just do do what the Cowboys did under Jason Garrett. Whenever Jason Garrett first started taking over, and just build a line. What was that? Twenty fifteen when they drafted all like offensive linemen like over and over. And everybody was like, "Oh my god, what are the Cowboys doing?" And yeah, and then Zeke came right after and just ran like crazy behind no, no, that no, line. No, no. You're not gonna be disrespectful, Demarco Murray. Well, a thousand yard rusher. 
Yeah, I know DeMarcus Murray's thousand-yard rusher, but I'm trying to be more recent than what people remember. And not only that, that team underachieved. <laughs> Dez didn't catch it. He did not catch it. I did, that's not even arguable. I, we're going to have to talk about that with Jay one day. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Jay is not going to like that. But I don't give a damn. Um, so we did that. Uh, oh, how about this crossover real quick? Oh, yeah. Talk to me. Okay. So I'm going to... Last week, we did Batman. This is kind of centered around Batman again, but not fixated on Batman. Gotcha. What part of comic book history is Batman in as a faction? As a faction. Yeah. Justice League. The Justice League. So, I was on YouTube earlier, and I haven't watched a Justice League cartoon in, in a while. But right under the Justice League was Young Justice. Mm -hmm. And not too far under that was Teen Titans. So, that's three generations right there of pretty much the same team. So, today, what we're going to do with the crossover is we're going to relate this to football. And let me tell you how we're going to do that. I'm listening. Three decades. Three generations. Wow. Starting back with the 2000s, I'm going to pick quarterback, wide receiver, wide receiver, running back. Starting with the tw the 2000s, then the 2010s, and then who I would consider the Teen Titans right now, starting in the 2020s. No tight end? No? No tight end? Oh, yeah, and tight end. My bad. I, I left tight end off. Okay. okay. I'm this is eventually going to come back around to defensive players, too, by the way. Just not today. And I want you, I, I, got, I, got, the, I got my teams together. I want you to make your adjustments as you go. It's just like, hey, I'll put this person instead of this person, this and that. Okay, I'm so let's start off with the twenty uh, the 2000s. All right. QB, starting QB. Now, a lot of people would go with the man in Indianapolis. But if you know me, I like winners. And one person won three titles in the 2000s. The QB is none other than the one and only Tom Brady. TB12. TB12. I know you go good with that one. I can't complain. So the, the, the quarterback, the two wide receivers were easy for me. I mean, the wide receivers, I'm obviously going to go with Randy Moss. Uh, We saw that deadly combination between him and uh. TB12 and the other wide receiver I don't care how much y'all say this man was a controversy this and that he showed up every week and played he had one of the greatest Super Bowl performances ever in a loss to Tom Brady I'm going with T.O. Randy Moss and T.O. are arguably the top three receivers ever in the NFL major fact the running backs the running backs got me because LT was great as we all know for the, for those Chargers mm -hmm. in, back in San Diego um, Sean Alexander I, I was about to say Sean Alexander with them Seahawks they lost to Tom Brady my goodness i hated tom brady after that i, I, I came around now though Cor Corey dillon was still there Yes, he was. Um, but I'm going to go with one that uh, a lot of people forget about that's younger than me. I'm going to take Marshall Falk. Mm, fair enough. All right. I will definitely take Marshall Falk. And another guy who definitely deserves mentions for the 2000s that people sleep on, Edron James. But I'm still going to take Marshall Falk. Oh, absolutely. All right. So the 2010s, I didn't want to pick Tom Brady again because I could have certainly picked Tom Brady again. Uh, just to keep things interesting, I went with Aaron Rodgers just because I didn't want to repeat Tom Brady. Mm. Um. Oh, by the way, it, it just let me, when you want to jump in and make any adjustments, go go right ahead. Oh, okay. I didn't know if I was making adjustments are probably oh just just if, if you it, oh you could just put your team either okay, I, and, so. and and i'm gonna do it off the dome you know yeah i'm, I'm gonna do it I, while you're going through it i'm gonna think a little bit but i'm gonna go off the dome okay so i want rogers a qb uh wide receiver one i went with megatron mm, i did I like go with megatron and uh wide receiver two and there's a lot of wide receivers in the 2010s you had your antonio browns your julio there's, there's a a good crop of wide receivers in the 2010s, but I went with my personal favorite wide receiver of the 2010s, the guy that has dropped the least amount of balls uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, and for, I think he's like number three with the least amount of dropped balls mm. in the NFL history with Larry Fitzgerald. Um, my running back, I went with Adrian Peterson, and my tight see, end. That's weird, because see, AP kind of could have went 
to the he could have went to the two thousand. He could have went to the two thousand. Yeah, I, I picked him in the twenty tens because that's when he won his MVP. Okay. So I was I went with him. Yeah. And then the tight end because he doesn't get his praise as tight end uh, enough. And I know I could put Gronk here. I just wanted to give this dude his just due. I went with the one and only Antonio Gates. All right. So you could have put Antonio Gates in the two thousands as well. I know. I played, it, you know he's been around for a while. It didn't dawn on me how long he had been in the league mm -hmm. until I was. I was looking looking it up. I said, "Man, Antonio Gates been was around forever." And right. and then going into the to the to teen, to teen Titans category now. This one was hard for me. Yeah, this, there's there's a lot going on in this. This one, one was hard for me. So, uh QB, I went with Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Uh, I'm, I mean, pretty much if you've been watching football, I think right now you can only put two two there between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen uh as of right now. Wide receiver, of course, I went with Tyreek Hill and the second wide receiver, I went with DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. Uh I mean, I know you got your uh Devontae Allens and uh you know, but I said Devontae Allen's cuz it's my homeboy, yeah, but Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. <laughs> gotcha, I'm with you. Hey, shout out to my boy Devontae Allen by the way. Miami was great. Um tight end, I went with Travis Kelsey. I don't know how much longer he's going to be around in in, in the 2020 but um, I mean, if you got Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball, you can be around a while. I mean, look at Dallas Clark. Absolutely. <laughs> and the running back, of course, I went with Derrick Henry. Okay. I had to I like go with Derrick Henry. Had to. So that All was. Right. So we got quarterback, two wide receivers, a running back, and a tight end. Yes, sir. All right, bet. So I'm gonna start with the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. All right. So as much as I would love to throw my man TB12 out there, I understand what you went with the logic. Oh man, the championships, all this stuff. I want a little bit of excitement. So I'm taking Michael. I thought about it. Oh man. So I'm taking Michael Vick because we know Atlanta Falcons. Michael Vick. Madden. Two thousand four, Michael Vick. That man was walking electricity, like just walking electricity. The Michael Vick experience. All right, so that's easy. So as far as my receivers go, I am gonna take Terrell Owens because I'm a big Terrell Owens I'm guy. I'm a big fan. I just it's it's hard for me not to take Terrell Owens. I would love to take Randy Moss, but I'm a I'm gonna do something unexpected, and I'm gonna take Andre Johnson. Okay, okay, hey. I'm I'm, I'm going there. Big body receivers. I, yeah, yeah. A certain type I love of you. you, you hey, I'm you know you know how I feel about Andre. Yeah. And as far as my tight ends, I'm going with my man Tony. Tony G, man, I gotta go with Tony G. Yeah, Tony yeah. G was a legend in the 2000s. I gotta go with Tony G. I, I don't, I don't, I don't blame you. You know, it's just I wanted, I, I was going to go with Tony G, but it, it was kind of one of them things where it's like, man, he was on the backside of the 90s dominating, and then he was in the early 2000s dominating. And he was, cause so was Shannon Sharp. Yeah, cause he also won a Super Bowl, you know, with that 2000 Rangers. He, he won three of them, to be exact, but one in 2000s. Yep. Yeah. So now let's move on to this 20 team. Big play Shay. All right. So obviously I'm going with my quarterback now. I'm going with TV. Yeah. Okay. All right. And my tight end. My tight end is gonna be Gronk. And, so and let's just get that out of the way. I knew that. Now the receivers. Oh man. Got to be Megatron. Yeah. It's got to be Megatron. Yeah. If it ain't Megatron, you trip. But I'm going with Megatron. I'm going with D Hop. Okay. Like that's easy. My running back. Uh. Oof. Oh, sorry. Let me go back to the early 2000s. My running back is gonna be Eto. We get that out the way real I quick. I can mess now, with that. The 2010s. That's AP. All day. All day. <laughs> it ain't even an argument. First of all, you can say whoever you want. Adrian Peterson is that dude. And, and you know what? They, they, there's been a lot. There was a, a good crop of running backs in the 2010s as well. No, there but, was. But they didn't last long. No. I mean, Adrian Peterson tore his ACL and came back the next Adrian year and Peterson won MVP. Adrian Peterson played in the NFL within the last two years. Yeah. All right, so now let's move into the what, 2020s? 2020s. You went with Patrick Mahomes. I'm with it. I'm going with Josh Allen. I just, I like, I like his growth. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Josh Allen came into the league, he struggled, and then he balled out. Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith, same way that Brett Favre, I mean, Aaron Rodgers sat behind yep. Brett Favre, you know, learned a little bit. Tom Brady sat behind Drew Bledsoe, learned a few things. Josh Allen is bred through fire, you know what I'm saying? And I'm all for that type of stuff. So I like, I'm going with Josh Allen. It's easy to pick Mahomes because of everything he's done, but I think for the sake of longevity, if we look at their, when we look at their careers 10 years from now, yes, Mahomes has got the Super Bowl 
Bowl already. He also has a massive loss in the Super Bowl. I won't be surprised if they both have at least one Super Bowl ring. True. Because that Bills team is that good. <coughs> Receivers. All right, I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill just because, you know, <laughs> Hill. But my second receiver, I got to go with Justin Jefferson, man. Really? I no, that's the, no, that's the most surprising pick. So that's the most surprising pick you've made. It is, but I just, I love the man's skill set. Okay. I absolutely, as a rookie, he showed up, he showed out, he balled out. With Kirk Cousins at quarterback. So with a slightly average, slightly below average quarterback, he pulled like what D-Hop did with trash quarterbacks until you know, yeah. a couple of guys showed up. So I like what Justin Jefferson did. Uh, my tight end, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is that guy. He's the guy. Yeah. So yeah. running back, you went with Derrick Henry. I love it. But Derrick Henry didn't come on really strong until yeah. last, I'm going to say three, three years? You do realize if he came, he came on strong in the last three years. The twenty twenty started two years ago. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, and I'm with you. I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, out loud, kind of get it all sorted out. And I like Derrick Henry. I also love Nick Chubb. I love Nick Chubb which too. Is who I'm going with is my running back. I love Kareem Jackson, Jackson I wanted, too. I wanted to go. I, I even wanted to go with Dalvin Cook, but Dalvin Cook's injuries threw that for a loop. Todd so, Gurley is a is is an interesting see, person. It had he Todd not had Gurley's them in, injuries, got me. Too. Yeah, if if it not it had not been for the injuries, Todd Gurley was on. He was on a tear. Oh yeah. What, bro? Let's first of all that trio of running backs at Georgia. Yeah. All right, which included Todd Gurley, Sonny Michelle, and Nick Chubb. Yeah. That was stupid. It was stupid. Like, how did you not win a national championship with those three running backs? Like, how? Because the game is built around passing. You're right, because Alabama was also dominated, and then all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson and Clemson came through one time for the one. Anywho, so we got that covered. Not bad for going off the dome. Yeah. I apologize if I made a couple of errors and mistakes in my ways. Like I said I was trying to get my little Wayne on one time and just, you know, go. Nah, that was all good. So let's get these shout outs going, man. Okay. Let you get it started. You know, I know you fresh off coming off of Miami and everything else, man. So what you got on your shout Yeah, out? uh, I'm gonna give one shout out to my cousin, Denzel Kennedy. He did listen. Hey, they listened to the show while we were in Miami. So shout out to all of them. It's just too much of them to name, I dog. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> so uh shout out to my shout out to my cousin. Uh he's getting married May 14th. You know, I'll be in the mix DJing. And I also wanna give I'm not gonna let this thing go without giving a shout out to my boy Jimmy Buckets. Yeah, 45 sir. points. Man, hey, the, he said the coach told him just go get it, and that's what he did. He brought it home. I loved it, every moment of it. Jimmy, what's up, man? You get the shout out. I like that. I like that. So my first shout out is I gotta give a shout out to all my veterans. I'm a fellow veteran myself, also currently serving. I always got, a, I always got a soft place in my heart. My brothers and my sisters in arms. My brothers and sisters that rock the police uniform. My brothers and sisters that are first responders, whether you a firefighter, whether you an EMT, whatever yes, it is yes. you do. All of my uniform service brothers and sisters and yeah. my nurses. I'm not going to forget about my nurses, all right? All of y'all, man. Everybody on the front y'all. line. All right? We've been on this thing since... We're talking about COVID right now. We've been on this thing since day zero, and we've been doing the damn thing. This is a shout out to all of y'all. And we appreciate y'all. My second shout out is to all of our listeners so far, man. We wouldn't even keep doing this, man, if we didn't have y'all giving us all this feedback, giving us ideas. Yeah. Everybody is anxiously anticipating, hey, man, what's up with the guests? What's up with the guests? Like, I'm loving all that energy. So please keep that same energy because we about that. And we will reciprocate the same energy in delivering Absolutely. fire shows. Absolutely. So, of course, following up the shout outs, we got to get our drink on with our local beer for the day. So, and of, oh, wait, be, right before we go, as we've been doing every show since the start of the first two shows, we're going to give a shout out to the one and only Jew Fresh. Y'all get on iTunes by the album. Jew Fresh, the dude on the track in my zone, our introductory show. Absolutely. 1000%. Appreciate that boy for doing what he do best. You can follow this man on Instagram at Jew Fresh, the producer. Follow his work. He also streams live on NBA 2K. 
You can get on. You can play against this man if you want to. He love to talk that hot trash, man. So by all means, man, get on. Reach out to that man. Check out his work, man. He lucky I stopped playing. I used to, man. Anyway. So we had a we had us a couple beers, but you know how I am. I love my cider. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Thank you, H E B. We got us another one. So this is Duo from Winery and Cider Company. Rodeo Star. This is a hard apple cider. Looks fantastic. We got us a nice little brown can. Let's see where we from here. Looks like I don't know. Doesn't say. Up, <laughs> oh, found it. All right. So this is from the Duo Vineyards in Fenville, Missouri. That's where they from. But it showed up at our local H-E-B here in good old Texas. So. Here, everything's better. Yes, yeah, sir. H-E-B, let's get that shout out one time. Facts. All right, so that is for you, sir. Okay. So let's crack these things open. Rodeo Star Apple. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. That's that's, that's solid right there. Rodeo Star Apple. I'm at the... I, I, got, I, got, I got a couple more in the fridge, you know, if you decide to finish out one. Bro, this is smooth. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> I like that a lot. This is funny. They still talking about Johnny Appleseed on the back of this can. Yeah, I ain't hear about this man since elementary. <laughs> All right. So we got our drinks going because we kind of need it. We've been telling y'all that eventually as we continue getting good with the sports thing that we was going to start using a couple of segments to go off, off topic, off sport. So today, episode three, we are going into our first off sports <clears throat> topic. Um, so let me go ahead and drop this disclaimer out there one time. We are not about to classify all in the same category we are talking about one specific group inside of a gender not the entire gender as a whole if you haven't caught on by now we're about to bring up something in regards to women we are going to talk about toxic women that have destroyed good men man so just hearing that just hearing that what, what's your initial thoughts? Like, how does that make you feel right off rip? Does that make you think of something in your life that's happened? It's made me think of something in my life that's happened. It's made me think of some of my friends. Um, more in particular, most of your friends will see it before you actually go through it. Absolutely. And and if they're your real friends, they'll they'll tell you. My friends told me, I'll hey, whatever this and that, blah blah blah. Uh, did it destroy? It destroyed me for a little bit. That that relationship, it did. But I mean, I'm still here. I survived it. But uh, that shit made me. It made it, see. I just first time I cursed on the show. That 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 situation there was 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 crazy. And hey man, look, hurt people, hurt people, dog. Really and truly. Absolutely. So it made me think, and you're very familiar with this situation that I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get a little personal. You yeah. know, I'm not going to drop no names because I don't believe in giving nobody any kind of clout whatsoever. Cause Facts. Damn <laughs> sure but I, I was a victim of an extremely toxic woman. You're very familiar with this woman because you met her a few times. Yeah. And you and a few of, my, a few of the other LXG brothers were the first ones to kind of say, hey, man, something a little, you know, something a little off. You know, you're not yourself. Yep. So over the course of a, a three-year time span, I was methodically broken down without even realizing it by this woman. And it started real simple. You know, we got together. Everything was good. She was like, all right, first thing I want to do, I want you to do is I want you to take all, all females that are not me and your family off your social media. I'm like, okay, I don't understand that. I, you know... She was also an advocate of she didn't believe that the men could have female best friends, which I had three. And I had to all of a sudden essentially ghost them all. You know, in I a, got four right now, yeah, so it's totally you know possible. So, yeah, so I had to ghost them in a short time frame just to, you know, appease this woman. And 
you know, me being the, you know, attempting to recover from a, a divorce, you know, and try to start afresh and start anew, I said, okay, let me just, let's see what happens. So I went with, so I did that. And then as time went on and we would just go out on dates, you know, it was always something, you know, like if I, if I so much as looked in the, in, in, in a direction for too long, it was like, oh, way over there looking at this girl, that girl. I'm like, okay, there's a massive level of insecurity going on over here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, what is, what's really going on? Like, what's the root of this? You know, and this is when I was still of sound mind. But then as time continued to go on, you know, I had a few traditions I like to do. Me and my dad on Thursdays, I would go, I would pull up to his house and we would watch Thursday Night Football together, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. It Shout started out to pops. become a situation when I wanted to do that, she would start to fight with me to try to piss me off so that I wouldn't go. And I'm like, first of all, you're not going to stop me from hanging out with my family. You just got to be pissed off. And of course, the whole time I'm in my dad's house, you know, she texting me, she blowing me up, you know, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, man, look, I'm trying to watch this football game with my dad. Miss me with that. I start hanging out. You know, we go out with the LXG brothers. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We go to we go to BCW. We go just like we used to always do. And after that night, she met y'all for the first time. You know, we get in the car and she's like, oh my gosh. She was simply talking about my man, Mike, across the field. He's so, why is he so loud? Like, he was always this. And I'm like, it's a bunch of guys. Like, what do you expect? You know, and then she heard, you know, the homie Chris, shout out to the homie Chris Hadnot. Mm-hmm. So she didn't like, you know, the way he was talking with his with his fiance right there, you know, talking about the past and all this stuff. I'm like, well, if you don't talk about the past, how can you grow? How can you make for a better future? Absolutely. You know, again, I'm still of sound mind here. But again, time goes on, goes on, and she begins to slowly but surely alienate me from my friends, my family. And essentially, I'm stuck to where I'm out on the weekends, and I'm going to brunch with her, her toxic-ass friends, and and her brother. So to take it a step further, we talk about this toxicity thing. One of the people in this group had a crush on her, big time, to a point where when we were still in our talking phase, and then we started to date, and he started to get real pushy, you know, started to get real push-up on her, she wouldn't cut him off. And I said, so you made me cut off all these girls that I, don't, I ain't even so much as flirted with, really, but you won't cut this one dude off who literally hangs out with y'all and is literally pushing up on you. Then tries to grab your hand when y'all get drunk and go out and do all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, but you want me to put, you want to put all these restrictions on me, but you ain't gonna put it on yourself. I'm like, all right, I don't like that. And the more and more time got on, I never even realized <clears throat> that I fell into a place. I fell into an abyss. You Absolutely, know? you did. And and my friends noticed, like, bro, you don't you don't smile no more. You're not as happy as you used to be. Like we used to, you know, we used to see you be the first dude to you know light up a room. All of a sudden, I'm over here looking like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. You know, I'm I'm looking straight <laughs> up depressed, and I didn't even realize it. You know, but I got you. I got my homie Drew. I got you know boys talking. I'm like, man, I'm like, what's going on? Something's. I was like, something gotta be wrong if if I got all of my closest friends telling me something's wrong. And then lo and behold, COVID happens. And I finally had an extended period of time when I was separated from her. Like, you know, I wasn't staying with her. I was doing, you know, getting ready for the mission. You know, because we, you know, COVID kicked off. We didn't know what Mm -hmm. was going on. You know, they shut the whole, they shut the whole world down basically for COVID. Except me, because I was an essential worker. Yeah, and I was too, being military. So, you know, I'm out. And at the time, we, we didn't have an official mission just yet, you know. Um, but then as time went on, they're like, all right, cool. Now I'm in San Antonio and I'm getting ready to start running mobile testing sites, you know, to start just testing people for COVID, make sure everybody's got what they need to, you know, try to go back to work for the ones who are actually working. So we're like, all right. So, you know, but I'm, again, I'm separated from the woman I'm with and I start to see 
a little bit of clarity. I'm like, dang, I forgot how it feels to just be free and just be able to talk to my people, talk to my boys, talk to my family. You know, I used to talk to my mom a lot. It got to a point where I didn't even talk to my mom as much. And I was like, something wrong here. Because I talked to my, my mom is my best friend. I love my mom. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't know something like something's just not, something's not right. And I noticed it because when I was away from home, I was, I was great. I was happy. When I went home, when I went home to her, it's like, boom, immediately shut down. Shut down like a robot. I was like, yeah, something ain't right. So I had to cut it loose. And as soon as, I don't even know how this happened, but like as soon as I cut it, we broke up, it was like I had like the biggest weight just lifted off me. Like I felt like there was a thousand pounds worth of depression sitting on me. And all of a sudden, I felt like I could fly. And boy, like my like one of my one of my flag football teammates, Dion, said, man, he's like, look, bro, you went from being that guy to being man of the year just like that. And, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on on uh, Snapchat and some things I was I had going on. I, I was living my best life, let's just say it like that. But that's just, you know, one example of millions of examples of toxic <clears throat> women you know, ruining good men. Am I a perfect man? No. But there was a time in my life where I was all about the woman I was with, you know, whoever that woman was. But there was also a time where I was broken by this woman, that woman, that woman, or that woman. And women wonder why good men become, you know, assholes or why good men are hard to find. Well, it's because a lot of those good men are, one, they're either broken. Two, you've been friend-zoning them for the last 10 years. Oh, man, if that ain't a fact. You know what I'm saying? Or, or you know, or three, you're so picky that you're overlooking that the best guy in your life has probably been sitting next to you this whole time, but you over there looking for six foot tall with a beard and tattoos, thinking that that's a great man of character when that might be a shitty man. Pardon my French. Love is not about looks. It's just not. It's a connection between two people. And I don't care what you look like. If we vibe and we connect, that's all that matters to me. You know, you could take it, you can take this thing even a step further because here's social media. This instant gratification thing has has pushed toxicity to another level. Everything is about likes followers I, i'm telling this is exactly why like it, 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 you can even break it down as far as cell phones you know because back in the day i'll be at work i can't i can't text you you know what i'm saying we, you're not texting all we have is regular phones if you can only call me and talk to me on the job if there's an emergency and you got to call my boss and tell my boss what the emergency is and you decide if it's an emergency enough to come get me absolutely we and, didn't even have smartphones really yet right and something y'all got to understand bro when you can't miss each other you get tired of each other and somebody is going to get to the point where they break and this is this is man or woman it's going to become a bad relationship and it's going to break one person because somebody falls harder than the next person Agreed. i'm telling you um ironically um you know, Carrie Hilton dropped a song about it. Everybody's got a breaking point. Yep. You know, whether you man, whether you woman, you know, whatever your pronouns may be. <clears throat> so you, you've got to bear that in mind. So when you are in what's hopefully a healthy relationship, it's okay to miss each other. Yep. You know, like my mama used to say, you can't be all up each other's ass. Because if you don't have some sort of space and separation, you're going to get tired of each other. Yep. It's just, it's, it's how it's going to be. So you need to do things. You need to do your own thing. You know, you both got to have those things that you do without your significant other. Like for me, it's going to the gym. For my significant other, it's going when she goes to her skating class or she does her kickboxing. I mean, for me, just go in my room, play some music, I get on my DJ set. Yeah. I play D or I'll go in my room, turn on instrumentals and write music. Or it's, you know, I put these turtle beaches on and I play the PS5. Yep. You know, it's my place of solace. You know, and again, you know, to put that out there, 
you know, first and foremost, man, shout out to all of the great women out there who have found great men and have lasting, beautiful relationships and marriages going on right now with beautiful families, man. Because maybe y'all didn't have to go through that. Maybe y'all did. And maybe you were fortunate and, you know, you found that, you know, you found that, that one, you know. And for the ones out there, men and women that are still looking, don't look too far because that person might be closer than you realize. You don't need to look your best every day to try to find that one. Because that one might literally have been there this whole time. You just need to open your eyes and see it. It's okay. It's all right to get up in the morning, go out in sweatpants and a t-shirt, go to H-E-B, do whatever it is you got to do. The one that you're looking for, the one that's looking for you, don't care what you look like. They care about you, the person. They care about you, and they love your personality. They love you, the person. They don't care how you dress. You could be the most outlandish dress. You could dress like a circus clown. <laughs> And that person's still gonna love you. You could drive a broke down vehicle that break down every couple months. It's still gonna love you. Mm-hmm. You could have an apartment that, you know, need a little TLC, no little love. But you know what? That partner might bring that TLC that your apartment was missing to make that into something perfect. All I'm really saying out there is for those who are still looking, don't look too far. Take a look at them ones that you don't friend zone because that might actually be the one. And it might not be. But I'm just saying leave leave, leave your options open. But don't look too far. Definitely don't cast that line so far that you can't even see what's on the other side. Because that person might be on the same side that you are. Well damn, I wouldn't expect nothing like that. <laughs> it was just one of them kind of days. Okay, so um, I got a situation. It's not really a personal situation pertaining to me, but it's a situation. As we just said, it is perfectly okay to have a platonic relationship between a man and a woman. It's all good. So here's, here's, here's the situation here. I had a homegirl who I am no longer really friends with. But we were cool and she was dating a guy. I didn't know the guy or whatever, but I met him. He was cool. He didn't care that we were friends friends, this and that. Real cool dude. And if he did care that we were friends, it, it never felt that way. Um, So while she was dating him, just out of respect for him, I would never be like, hey, let's just me and you go out to dinner. Be like, hey, hey, let's 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 hang out. So I'd be like, bring your boyfriend, let's hang out, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. But I realized I was looking the wrong way in fault in this relationship really quick. My friend was now the one being toxic in this relationship. She had, she was a toxic woman to this dude. Man. Verbally abusive. Um. Man, the verbally ones be the worst one. Verbally abusive. She always, you know, buck up to him like she's going, she's going, you know, you know how females get when that knuck if you buck part come on? Absolutely. She was always like that with him. And I could see this dude breaking inside and I'm just like, man, I talked to my homegirl. Well, he did that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I said, but you pushed him to that because all the times I had seen him, he was always a happy-go-lucky guy. He's chilling, dap me up. Hey, we're cool, this and that. Needless to say, now me and this girl aren't friends anymore because I basically told her about herself. Now look, to keep a long story short, females, if you have a male best friend and they're telling you what you're doing to this guy is wrong, you, you might want to listen. Because if I'm in a relationship and I have a female friend say, hey, you're doing your girl wrong, I'm going to listen. If, you, if you're that toxic that you don't believe none of your ways are toxic, that's a freaking problem. Yes. Because you feel like it's natural to be like that. I don't know if, I don't know if it comes from your parents or if it just comes from your friends hyping you up. Doesn't matter. I'm telling you, there have been a lot of good men I have seen broken. And then when females get on Facebook and stuff like, man, there ain't no more good man, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Listen, there's good men, but good men turn to assholes too when done wrong. Wrong. It's Absolutely. not just on your side. Just like when hurt women become a certain type of way, you know, it happens. Hurt people turn into different versions of themselves, kind of like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of thing. Yep. That's just what it is. So you can't be upset if you jump into a new relationship and the guy is very closed off. 
or the woman has a bunch of walls up because clearly something has happened in their past one to two maybe all their relationship that has caused them to be this level of protective over their hearts it's me and my last one you know what i'm saying or you know like that guy that you know they call him an asshole but like no my man just over there like omarion and got an ice box where his heart used to be <laughs> because we're taught as men that showing emotion is weakness growing up yep but then all of a sudden oh women are like oh we want this guy to be vulnerable and this that and then all of a sudden soon as he's vulnerable she turns it against him. She turns it into something that makes him a weaker man. She's like, all of a sudden, oh, I was dating a beta this whole time and I need an alpha man. I'm like, first of all, you wanted this man to be vulnerable and open up to you. And as soon as he opened up, you, you, you condemned him for it. And you wonder why men don't like to open up. Men barely open up to other men. So for a man to open up to a woman, he truly cared about that woman. Yeah. Because a man being vulnerable is not something that is easy to do. You know, from my own experiences and from a man Micah's experience, like, man, we've been in those positions, man. Mm -hmm. We've been that vulnerable man who has all of a sudden had that junk flipped on us. And then all of a sudden, you know, we became assholes, you know product of our environment if you will but you know if that's how you want to act because i decided to open up to you and all of a sudden you want to flip that script on me all right cool I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna show you exactly why i shut my emotions off like if you want me to be all these things that you say i am i'm gonna show you why because the way you responded to me trying to show you that i can be every type of man there is to be for you and you made me look like I was a little ass boy basically you know you treated me like I was a child you yep. treated me worse yeah no I'm I'm a now now I'm gonna be that dog I'm gonna be that cane corso mm -hmm. you know when you see me you're like oh snap that dude, that, that, that dude about his about his business I'm like yeah because I'm tired of being taken advantage of just like you have those women who are tired of being taken advantage of by men because our, we know we know we know them oh, kind of yeah. out there and I'm not mad when a woman is stern and direct and words that I can't say because of the way my mom raised me you know they act a certain type where they portray a certain type of thing you know i don't i don't i don't condemn a woman for that because just like we are they are a product of their environment they're a product of their past relationships and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that but what i will say for the men and the women who are like that and who have been through those things is when you find or when you get yourself involved in a new relationship or you're talking to somebody i'm not telling you to let your guard down i'm not even telling you to let your walls down but what i am telling you to do is not to make that man or woman pay for the mistakes of the men or the women before Preach. that man or woman, all right? Do not do that. Because what you're doing is a disservice to your current possible future relationship. And that's the wrong answer. I'm not telling you to be vulnerable, I'm not telling you to completely open up, but you gotta give that person a chance because the fact that you're having a conversation with that person if you're trying to do something serious already says you're interested in that person so why would you find a way to alienate that person right off the rip by making them pay for the mistakes of the men or the women prior to that man or woman that you're currently talking to? aka all men ain't shit and all women ain't shit that nonsense that's that's not a that's 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 a bad mindset that we've got to get away from and i hope in 2022 we can get away from that but only time will tell i can't complain myself anymore because i'm in an extremely happy relationship with an amazing woman from my understanding i know you were you know in and out trying mm -hmm. to figure it out you were kind of in a relationship i don't, I don't know what your current situation ship is single all right so he's back on, <laughs> back on team single all right so with that being said thank y'all for tuning in episode three has been fun we we, have, we went a little off topic just to see you know so y'all can understand the full spectrum of how we plan on doing this show we're going to have our sports topics but we're also going to have our non-sports topics as the show progresses you will see a blend of our our nfl our nba our, oh yeah you know social issues 
eventually we'll start talking about you know like i said we got an episode on men's mental health coming down the pipe we have one about black owned businesses coming down the pipe we've got one on fatherhood coming down the pipe we have got plenty of content coming down the pipe so y'all bear with us keep listening Share with your friends what you got. By the way, before we go, happy birthday to my brother, Cassell. His birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday, Cassell. And happy birthday to my brother, Josh. His birthday was April 10th. Yes, sir. And Good you know moment. what that deserves. Let's do it one time. Hold up. God, God damn, damn it. it. Appreciate y'all for listening. We love y'all. Looking forward to episode four. Do what they do with the limited sources you have. Your dream is still a fine motivation in you and inspire the world to do what you can. If you love it, then fuck it, get through it. Get through it. Mumble mentality.